Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. I'm Judy Sedgman, and I'm coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where it is at last summer. (laughs) It's lovely. (laughs) And I am here with my beloved, wonderful friend, Christine Heath. She lives where it's always summer. Aloha. Today, we were going to talk to you about, um, when we talk about deeper feelings, Sometimes people get confused when we use the word feelings because in the common common parlance, when people talk about feelings, they're really talking about, do I feel good? Do I feel bad? Am I in a, you know, bad mood? Do I have a lot of nasty feelings? You know, do I feel upset or whatever? So they, they, they're talking about their experience of their thoughts, feelings, um, or their momentary states of mind. But when we talk about looking for a feeling, we're really not talking about paying attention to how good or bad you feel. We're talking about looking for moments in time in which your head clears and your mind calms and you suddenly see something more clearly than you had seen it before. And sometimes it's not a, like a, something that you could define, like, oh, you know, I suddenly realized that two plus two equals four. Sometimes it's just a settled feeling. You just all of a sudden your head clears and something life looks a little simpler or a relationship looks nicer than it did a minute ago. (laughs) Or you realize that, you know, I, sometimes I'll have clients that get all worked up and they'll start yelling. They don't realize their voice is getting louder and louder. And then suddenly they'll hear themselves and they'll say, Oh my gosh, I'm screaming at you. I'm so sorry. Well, that's, that's a realization that they're getting into a worse and worse state of mind, a worse feeling and that experience of seeing it is the feeling we're talking about not the experience of having it so in the moment that you suddenly realize oh oh my goodness you know this or that uh those are those feelings and sometimes it's really profound you know sometimes people have momentary experiences of thought that are just life-changing where their wisdom kicks in and they see something that completely turns them around and puts them, you know, in a whole new life direction. And sometimes it's just a little feeling that maybe it's not a good time to leave the house right now. And, you know, a few minutes later, you realize you just got an important phone call and you wouldn't have wanted to miss it. Something like that. You don't know why that happened, but somehow something told you not to leave just yet. And so we're, we, we have a way of we can guide our lives by looking for those moments of quietude, by quieting our own minds, by getting still inside and listening. And we talk about listening for a feeling. You're listening for that moment when suddenly you just feel, oh, okay. Or you say, oh, my goodness, I <laughs> see something. And that is the... Uh, that's the guide that we have to get us through life. So it's, it's really important to see the distinction between that kind of feeling and the, you know, what I would call the average everyday feelings of like grumpy, 
happy, you know, the seven dwarf feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a lot of times people uh, refer to feelings and emotions, and then they get confused as to what we're talking about. Because in traditional psychology, they will talk about feelings and emotions as interchangeable. That your emotions and your feelings are something that uh, actually most people treat them as like things that you have to manage or like um, uh, DBT teaches people how to surf their emotions and how to go with their emotions and how to manage their emotions. And they get really into kind of um, controlling it and trying to understand it intellectually and then change it. And, so when they listen to us frequently and we're talking about a deeper feeling of connecting with a, a state of consciousness that's within everyone. And when you connect with that on the inside, your mind clears and this incredible feeling comes through you. So it's not something that's generated by an outside thing. You know, like a lot of times people feel happy because they have a boyfriend or because they got a new job or because they bought a new car. And so it's kind of conditional to that event or that situation. But what we're talking about when we're talking about a deeper feeling, it's a feeling of being connected to the energy that creates all things. So you get a sense of being connected to something greater than yourself. And you start to see how your thoughts create an illusion to whatever, whatever you're, you, you're starting to see differently. So if you're wondering why we're having a little trouble talking about this, is because it's really hard to talk about. But... When it happens to you, you know it. So people, when they're listening to us talk about how reality is created from the inside out, they'll get this, all of a sudden, this insight and the feeling that comes from that shift in consciousness where all of a sudden you see that your experience of life is being generated by your own thought. It's like nothing else. So people will talk about the feeling, the feeling, the feeling, And when you're hearing my feelings, my feelings, my feelings, it doesn't make sense to you. So it's really the best way, the best shot we have at it. But when, when people connect up and you can connect up to it by degree, you know, you can get a huge insight because all of a sudden you connect with that at such a deep level. That's really what happened to Sidney Banks is that he just fell into a deep, state where he was really connected up with consciousness in a way that he saw how human beings or how life expresses itself moment to moment through these three principles. But the principles were really just a way of describing how it works, how the life force comes through us and creates reality. And that's the you know, when you get that feeling, like, it's like, oh, yeah, now I see it. But you can't really think about it ahead of time. So you can't, like, create it. Like, one of the women in the program that we do, 
came in and she said, I hear people talking about the feeling, the feeling, and I just don't know how to get that. I just don't have that. I just don't see that. And and everybody has it differently. Like you can fall into a deep state of consciousness and get a huge shift and, you know, your life transforms. And other people are like creepers. You know, they get a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and then they get, oh, and then they get a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And so everybody's different in terms of how it comes through. But when it comes through you, you have what we would call mental well-being. So you have contentment, you have peace of mind, you have self-confidence, you have a sense of security without anything happening outside of you. And when you touch that feeling for the first time, where you're aware of it, I mean, you always have it, but you become aware of it. It's like, oh, holy crap. Wow, this is great. You know, it's like you wake up. Your mind like wakes up and you're you're totally in the present moment and the feeling of life is coming through you. Now that's what we're talking about. And yeah. so whether you get that a little bit or a lot, like you know, um I, I frequently talk about this men's group that I do because I'm learning so much from them. But you know, when we started off, they were so busy-minded. They were so insecure. It was hard to keep them sitting in their chair for an hour and a half. Like they'd be up walking around, taking care of their kids, making dinner, driving their car. It was like, oh my gosh, it was like trying to herd cats, just trying to help them to slow down enough to listen. And now they, we just did this uh, group last week and, and I said, you know, like, talk to me about what how you know when you're in a state of mental well-being. Tell me what that feels like. And each one came up with a different, a different description. And mm-hmm. one of them was that I feel contentment. I feel peace of mind. All of the things we just listed, and they were able to identify that. And mm-hmm. as they talked about that, the feeling in the group, You could feel it online. This is all online now. The feeling started to get really calm and everybody was moved into this feeling and you could feel that they were there and we were there all Mm -hmm. connected at this deeper level of a feeling, deeper level of consciousness, deeper level level of awareness, however you want to talk about it. And so uh, what I said was like, do you notice the feeling you're in right now? And they go, yeah, I'm really relaxed. Yeah, yeah. And that was like, I said, now that feeling, that's you. The only thing that can take it away from you is your own thinking. So that feeling is how we are. And then we think and our thoughts create what we call emotions or Mm -hmm. feelings with an S. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking Mm -hmm. about deeper than that. And, you know, it's it's very uh, interesting to me how many people I know who will say to me, well, you know, I, I'm kind of interested in what you do, but I can't see that I need to talk to you because I'm, I'm a really happy person. I'm always cheerful. I'm very upbeat. I feel very optimistic. I'm high-spirited. Everybody, you know, I'm a party person. People love to have me over and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'll say, okay. Um, are you content? 
Do you feel gratitude? Do you ever just sit quietly and, and just uh, immerse yourself in the moment? And they're like, huh? <laughs> and I'll say, you know, this is what I'm, t- but if you want to come and talk to me about what we're talking about, I'm not talking about excitement or momentary exhilaration or, you know, being, uh, being, you know, an optimist and trying to always see the bright side or making lemons out of lemonade and all these other things. I'm talking about a deep feeling that opens your mind and your heart to a, a, a peace inside and a, and a real feeling for life and for how other people are. And, um, that's not the same. And they'll go, well, I know, but I'm cheerful. <laughs> you know? And I think it's, it's really important, I think, to just reflect on it as we're talking about it. Because as Chris said, it's not that easy, uh, even though everyone has it built into them to have this experience. It's beyond words. It's deeper than words. So when we put words to it, it kind of diminishes it. But don't fool yourself into, into seeing intellectual high spirits as the same as deeper spiritual feelings. In other words, a lot of people can talk themselves into making lemons of lemonade or, you know, seeing the bright side or looking for the silver lining and all these things that people do, which is certainly better than being depressed. But it's not the same as really appreciating life, feeling a sense of connection and warmth and joy in the moment and peace of mind and uh and a personal uh quietude so kind of watch out for that because i think we ha- we're so trained to go right to our heads and try to think our way out of the situation that we're in so when people start falling into bad feelings a lot of people have developed what what life would call a good habit of, you know, talking themselves out of it. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about really not knowing, going into the unknown, going into quietude, going into this stillness, as I think uh, Sid even describes it as the stillness of your own consciousness. You know, in the stillness of our minds, we find what we need. Yeah, that's really, that's really beautiful because that feeling, you know, it comes... Like everybody's had that experience. Like my my husband described when his first son was born. And he said he felt a love that was deeper than any feeling he'd ever had in his life. Like that's an example of that. You don't have thoughts like, oh, this is a positive experience, right? It's just (laughs) like you're touched by life. Sometimes if you see a beautiful rainbow, one of those iridescent rainbows, and you're like totally brought in the moment and your breath is taken away. People say, it took my breath away. Well, that's one of those moments when you connect with that. But because mm-hmm. we think it's about what we're looking at or about the birth or what, whatever you're experiencing, we get tricked into thinking that that feeling comes from the outside world. So then we get, we're on a mission to find it, right? We start to buy things, do things, you know, consult with people to tell us how to find it, but it's always within us. I remember the first time I felt that feeling, I was, um, I was a senior in high school 
And I was a delegate. I was a youth delegate to the Lutheran, na- the, the National Convention for the Lutheran Church. And um, I don't remember much about the conference itself, which I must have attended. Uh, but what I remember was that there was a reception and all of the ministers, so there were like 90% men there. Maybe there was, I don't know, very few positive, but very few women there. And we were in this meeting room and all of a sudden this feeling came in. It was just like, oh my God, it was so powerful. But I thought it was about the church. I thought it was about the, 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 uh, the religion. And so then I went home and I wanted to be a, a, a deacon. I wanted to become a minister, but the Lutheran church didn't let women become ministers at the time. So you could, best you could do is become a deacon. And so I, I went home to do that and discovered I couldn't do it because I was a woman. And then pretty soon I was like, wait a minute, this isn't the feeling I, I found there. I didn't find this feeling here, there. I went looking for that feeling and I looked for it lots of places. You know, I, I looked for it in, in, in other people. I looked for it in theology. I looked for it in psychology. I, I looked for it everywhere. But I didn't look for it inside myself because I didn't understand how thought worked. I didn't understand that that whole experience was being generated from within me. And so when I, when I first... Um, heard Roger Mills talk about this work. It's like, boom, there it was again. I was like, oh, I remember this. And that was really when I realized why I'd gotten, why I'd lost it, because I didn't understand that it was coming from within me. Yeah, and that's a, that's a very uh, subtle point for people too, because we're so used to thinking of external to internal you know, so it's a beautiful day. You know, like today, for example, I, I, it is a beautiful day. And <clears throat> I left the house to take a walk. And I was walking around in town and, you know, just, just walking around aimlessly just to get a little exercise and sunshine and see what was going on. And all of a sudden, I heard this lovely music. And I followed the sound and, and there's a, there's a, they've just started this little park they've turned it into kind of a every day there's music musicians there and this woman with this most angelic voice was singing she really was wonderful and she was singing you know songs that I I love and and I got in I I was on my way home because Chris and I were going to start <laughs> making podcasts and I knew I was supposed to get home but as I was listening to her voice I just lost all sense of time and place and I just kind of went into this really beautiful feeling that I even kind of lost track of the music. I just sort of, I fell into that space, that really quiet space. And all of a sudden my phone dinged and I looked and there was a note from Chris saying, are you there? You know, And I was like, Oh my gosh, I was supposed to go home. But you do get that. You're, you lose in that space, in those moments, you, you don't, the external world doesn't really have anything to do with it. You know, you're in your own, your own deeper feelings in your own deep consciousness, your, your awareness of life, your awareness of being connected to the beauty of life. 
And sometimes these experiences are triggered because you quiet down uh, because of what you're doing. So like, you know, people say, well, I was taking a nap, you know, and I suddenly had this beautiful insight. Well, when we quiet our minds, we make space for it, for it to happen, for us to get back in touch with that. But that the nap isn't what did it. The music isn't what did it. It was the quiet. It was getting to that space where there's nothing on your mind and your head is free. You're free and clear of all the distractions of daily life. And suddenly, you know, your, your mind just goes to a beautiful place. And that's, those are those beautiful feelings. But they're very healing because even when you, and it passes, you know, you get back and look at your watch and go, oh my gosh, I got to rush home. You know, I just felt great. I just felt, you know, like that was such a nice moment. And it's refreshing, and we're kind of built to have these moments that are, that keep us, that guide us to a good life. Yeah, you know, my um, niece um, is very creative, and she's in um, architecture school right now. And she put on online something about she's been saving these little scraps of material to put together for like interior design kinds of stuff. And she said she enjoyed doing it so much because it took her out of the details of all of her architecture classes. You know, like we just know this is built into us to do things to, people call it to nourish your soul, but it's really to quiet your mind. And then your soul comes through loud and clear, like your soul doesn't need to be nourished. It's okay. It's just that you have to stop contaminating it with all the garbage. Right. It just needs to be heard free and clear. Yeah. 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 And, but, but it's kind of interesting, I think, because, you know, people think Hawaii, like, oh my gosh, you know, you live in Hawaii. That's so, so wonderful and magical because it's gorgeous here. You know, it is, I think, the most beautiful place on the planet. Now, people that come here that don't live here, they're like big eyed, like, oh, oh, oh. And, but they're usually going a million miles an hour. By the time they, they're they here for, you know, three, four days, they get what's called Polynesian paralysis because <laughs> they get they have to slow down because they're focusing on the beauty so much that it keeps them from doing all that thinking. And they get quieter and they get in a better mm-hmm. feeling. Then as they rest, they get rejuvenated, they get healthier again, and then they go home, they're feeling great, and they immediately go back to the way they're thinking, and the feeling is just gone. Yeah. So they'll frequently say to me, like, do you have a business over there? I mean, do people actually need mental health counseling? I just get in such a beautiful place. I said, oh, trust me, it's not Hawaii that does it to you. It's what you mm-hmm. did in your mind. Otherwise, nobody would have mental health problems, and we have lots of mental health problems here. Because people don't understand that it's inside of them and not outside. I had this same experience when I used to live in Florida when before the principals. Um, I used to we used to take our daughter to Disney World, and we love those little pontoon boats that you paddle with your feet. Mm-hmm. And so that always when we would check in and get settled, the first thing we do is go to the lake and get one of those boats. And it was usually by that time it was getting close to sunset. And we'd be paddling around the lake in this little 
pontoon boat and it would be the water would be all placid and the sky would be beautiful colors and everybody's just sitting there. And I remember having some of the best ideas I ever had for my business on those pontoon boats. And for years, I would tell people, I tell you what, you just got to go to Disney World. (laughs) Because because you get out in those little boats and man, ideas come to you. I I used to say things like, I think Disney put something in the water or something. I don't know. (laughs) You know, and when I started learning the principles, I thought, oh, it had nothing to do with Disney World. It just had to do with me finally quieting down. You know, I'd be so busy and rushing around and my head would be going a million miles an hour and I'd be thinking about my problems. And then you get out in that little boat and you have a little child there who's all delighted and happy and it's beautiful and your mind quiets. And as soon as your mind quiets, you get these incredibly beautiful feelings. But you can't force your mind to quiet. You can't think your way into quiet. You can't plan for it. You can only just allow it by you know, being in the moment and taking in the beauty of life. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it, it's hard for people to accept that that could be inside of them when they're living in such turmoil. It's hard for people to believe that that could be true. So then they send their little mind off to think about it and to try to make it happen. Like frequently we see that where people come and they start learning the principles and then they try to figure out how to get this good feeling, right? And all they do is get more into the fact they don't know, they haven't, they don't know about that experience and they try to figure it out and they get more hopeless and then they're like, that's a bunch of crap. Yeah. But if you, if you just relax, you'll be able to recognize that you've had it in your life. Maybe small moments, maybe big moments, But because we didn't understand where it was coming from, we didn't know to value it as a part of us. It looked like it was something coming from the outside world. And, you know, even if you live in Hawaii, eventually you'll stop looking at how beautiful it is. You know, like, so that's what we all, we all kind of laugh and say we love it when people come to visit because we take them around to look at the beauty and we get to re-experience it again through their eyes because they're like, oh, wow. And then you see it fresh and new again. Yeah. And you get the feeling again. Right. But the feeling has always been lying there waiting to be noticed, <laughs> waiting to wait. It's always waiting yeah. in that busy mind to pop in. Yeah. It's always lurking, isn't it? Waiting to jump out and get you. You know, it's funny because I, I think uh, I was thinking as we were talking, Chris, that we should really stop telling people to look for that feeling because that sounds like something to do. Yeah. You know, to wait for that feeling in a state of quiet. Yeah. That's Just really allowing. true. We should do yeah. 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 That's a good thing. Well, we just had an insight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how it works gang <laughs> yeah one of those little miracles so thank you very much for being with us again and we will see you next week have a wonderful week aloha aloha we hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone to subscribe to the podcast visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com 